0: Hey, this week's episode of Tales from a Gemini is with Moto GP journalist Nikki Kovacs. This one was a fun one. I try to do research on her and find out. She used to race motorcycles. She also did a weekend in Qatar, which is ironic how this, when this episode comes out. She raced that weekend and also was a journalist that weekend. I think I, I, I wanna say she's the only one who did the same thing in the same weekend to race and be a journalist. We talked about that, we talked about her growing up and racing and and how it was bittersweet that she had to quit racing. It was, this was a fun interview, I love this woman. Great stories, just a great passion for life. You're gonna enjoy this interview, Nikki Kovacs, enjoy. I'm so excited for this, always I'm always excited, Wyatt, but this time I'm really, I'm really, really doubly excited. One, two, three. I'm just going to jump the music right now, Wyatt. I'm so excited. Thank you for welcoming Tales from a Gemini. It is apropos that this episode is going to air the opening weekend of the greatest sport in the world, as MotoGP. And the guest I have today, it's, it's kind of synonymous with MotoGP starts in Qatar Because this, it, to my knowledge, is the only reporter to actually race and be a reporter the same weekend for guitar and that's my my guest the wonderful and the talented i don't even know if you can say these words anymore but the beautiful miss nikki kovacs how are you nikki uh,
1: thank you so much for having me you already made me glass so i need to <laughs> find my find my patience again
0: <laughs> No, it, it, it's all well- my
1: inner relax <laughs>
0: No, it's well deserved accolades it, because you are like I, I. was telling you before the show started. I was trying to find stuff on you, and it was you know I had to go through Instagram, and it was you know a lot of great pictures by the way, and you are a good traveler, well traveled, and I like it. I was like, but I want to know more, I want to know more, and then I found what I need to find, and what I found was golden because you basically are a trendsetter. You you not only. Are a reporter for MotoGP, and you know, and and you asked the tough questions, but you also raced and you raced the same weekend. I think it was, boy, back in 2008, you raced the same weekend that they also, uh, you raced, that MotoGP was there for the opening weekend. So you put your leathers up and then you went and re- uh, reported.
1: I think that was 2012, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. I'm terrible. I'm terrible with dates <laughs> recently, but only with my own personal life I don't know what's going on I'm getting old this is the thing Stop it. Stop I'm getting I'm getting I'm getting worse and worse today but I think that that was in 2012 and I must tell you that was one of the most difficult the toughest weekend not the weekend itself mm-hmm. but the Monday morning I literally literally I couldn't get out from the bed and that was a time when my hernia just blew yeah, because I think that was too much, too much racing. Um, I did two races because uh, at that time I used to race in the Qatar Championship, the 600cc category used to call the, say, I think, Lozel Asian um, Championship or stuff like that. So two races, uh, two podiums this weekend. And let me tell you, I was so proud because I could convince my friend Colin Edwards to come to the grid with me. Yes. So not an umbrella boy, don't get me wrong, just, you know, just be there, support me. So that I've, after that, all the riders wanted to get a photo with Colin, please Colin, come here, come here, you know. So two podiums, that was awesome. Then, you know, I just left the letter pick up my camera, because being a reported journalist, I'm also a photographer, too many things mm-hmm. at the same time, carrying my, I don't know, tanky, I don't know, in, in pounds, you can calculate, and I didn't with that, so it was just like 10, 11 kilograms, so when, Monday morning, I was like, bum, <laughs> neck completely blocked, couldn't move, I was so, I was freaking out, literally, yeah. I was alone there, yeah. I was like, Okay, what now? I cannot get out from the bed. I need to go home. I need to pack. So crying, I called my mom, 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 I cannot get out from the bed. What should I do? So Michele from Clinica Mobile uh, was still there. So I don't know, finally, you know, after one day or more or less, I could a little bit move, pack up. I don't know how to I get into the plane and then going home, but that weekend was like, wow.
0: <laughs> well, people don't realize how stressful a MotoGP weekend is just being there, period. Like when I go just to watch, it's a stress because you're up all day. I mean, you're, I mean, I don't know if you're like me, I like to get there at the very beginning of Moto3 to me. Hearing the Moto 3 bike startup, that's when I know it's Moto GP's there. And and, re- and the great thing about it is, and maybe you'll back me up, is no matter how early you get there, somebody's somebody's automatically starting up a motorcycle. You can get there, you literally could be the first one there, and you'll hear, oh, and we go, how did that person get it? I mean, it's always, it's always a bike starting up in the morning. So it's a very yeah. special weekend.
1: Well, to be honest, um, as we go uh, forward because so Thursday is the most relaxed one, let's yes. say, in, ter- in terms of arriving to the track. So like Thursday, it's okay if I arrive, let's say, 9 a.m. But I can do it only if the day before, I already went to the track to book my place in the media center. Otherwise, maybe my preferred seat is already gone, which I don't like, you know, yeah. so, you know that's, that's, that's my home for a weekend. So I really like to be every time in the same home. So almost in every every media center I've been already, I have my favorite spot. Yeah. So same same spot every year. So boring, no? <laughs> um, but then, like you know, when it's Saturday morning, if you arrive 7 a.m., that may be already late. Depends on the track. Clearly, with this unfortunate last two years, you know, with COVID,
0: right,
1: it was a different stuff because it was much easier to to ride the track, but. Let's go back to the normal times, and hopefully this year, more or less, we'll go back to normal times. Fingers crossed. Yeah, you know, with, with the big crowd, or big, big crowd on on the Sundays, 7 a.m., it's already almost late.
0: Yeah, well, you, you know what? I think, personally, I think that with COVID, you know, ha- affecting the last two years, I think it's going to have uh, like a ricochet effect in that, I think the crowds are really going to come out now because they've been so like they're chomping at the bit just to get out and see. And I think maybe you'll back me up, but I think this year is the strongest field that MotoGP's GP's ever had. I mean, personally, I think it's the strong. I think you could see world champions not even getting a point some weekends and finishing, finishing but not getting a point. I think this is the strongest, strongest field I've ever seen.
1: I think the same as well. Clearly for the, from the the. Crowd point of view, everyone is really interested in what's going to happen without Valentino this year. Mm-hmm. Whether the same people will come just supporting maybe Paco Banyaya or Franco Morbidelli or Luca Marina or any of the other Italian riders, even if it's not from the VR46 Academy. For example, Ennio Bastianini, I think he will be one of the top guys. Yes. At least the first part of the season, I feel a little bit of advantage now. Uh, that he, you know, rides uh, the GP uh, Twenty One. So let's say the last year's bike, yeah. last year's Ducati, which can be an advantage, frankly speaking. But the guy is just so fast. Yes. Um, I, I really like also. He's a, such a nice um, folk. Um, so yeah, this is this is from the from the crowd, um, and that being the most competitive uh, field. Yes, I agree this is first of all thanks to the the current technical regulation mm-hmm. and the, the, all the work of the last 5 10 years maybe uh, all the bikes are really really close yes. but also the riders but to be completely honest um to be this really really competitive uh field maybe it's not the nice thing to say but this is a truth uh Mark Marquez's current situation, all the injuries he had uh, in the last two years, this helps a bit, let's say. You know, I mean, I I truly believe and I honestly believe that without that crash in Harest 2020, with a completely full and fit Mark Marquez, the last two years would have been different, and also this year he would be.
0: Well, think about it. Last year, he misses the first two races. He comes in the third race. He could have won frame. He could have won in Le Mans because uh, he was leading that race and it was a wet race. He could have won in uh, um, uh, uh, the Red Bull Ring wet race. He came in one of the few wet races that he screwed up on. I mean, exactly. and he still finishes in the top 10. I mean, the guy is unbelievable. I've never seen. I tell it I say and I say it again. As far as mentally strong athletes, professional athletes I've I've ever seen, I will put Michael Jordan, and I swear to I put Mark Marquez in the top five of all time mentally strong professional athletes. I mean, the 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 greatest thing I've ever seen, and this was when he was in, maybe Moto 2, but I am pretty sure it was Moto GP. He was getting ready to go on the track, and he was sitting there waiting for you know the the FP1 and what two to start, and he's watching the, the TV. The camera comes to him on the screen. He picks up the remote and changes the channel. I'll, and that's for – other people wouldn't notice that, but I was like, oh, my God. That's – that is so mentally strong to me. I was like, this dude is on another level. So I can't wait he to is. see what he does because I say Mark is the – he's the straw that stirs the drink. I love them all. I love Fabio. I love what he did. I love Peck. I love them all. I love Pecco. <laughs> I love Inaya. But, man – Mark is the straw that stirs the drink of the MotoGP drink. And I I, I can't wait. I just can't wait for this season to start. But first, before we even start, before we even start, let's get to you. Because you, honestly, where you come from in Hungary, your parents are so, they were so ahead of the game, especially your mother, because they were racers. Your parents were racers. And what your mother did, please tell people briefly how your mother kind of changed the game in Hungary and what she did for women's racing.
1: And um, not just women's racing, because uh, basically she was the one... I don't know how she got the idea, frankly speaking, and I never asked. So maybe I should do this. <laughs> it's time to ask. It's <laughs> yeah. time to ask. Uh, what I know that I was... Only, okay, so the family tells, uh, they say that my first word ever was like motor, motoy, yeah. because I couldn't pronounce R, which is motorbike uh-huh. in, in Hungarian. Um, and so after that, they said, okay, we need to buy an electrical bicycle or motorbike uh, for this young lady. Yeah. They had no idea. I mean, okay, some idea they could have how this all, you know where they're coming from because, as you said, my parents they used to race in rally in mm-hmm. cars. Yes. Um, so yeah, that was that was already in my in my blood. Then no one knows how earth from two wheel from four wheels. Totally I arrived to two wheels. They don't know. Um, so this is. This is how it started that they say I had the interest, you know, at, I don't know, when I was one and a half years old or something like 18
0: that. months old and you knew exactly. you wanted to race motorcycles. I mean, how is that? 18 hey, months, you're still pooping know. in your diapers. You're still, seriously, you're still. And so how <laughs> did you know he wanted to be on a motorcycle?
1: I don't know. But then they bought this uh, electrical one and uh, they just put me on and was like, you know, in, the, in, my, in our apartment. So the neighborhood uh, downstairs, they came up because it was early in the morning. What the hell are you doing? You know, it's not the time to reorganize your flats. No, no, it's just a little girl riding a motorcycle. It was like, what? Because it was, you know, 86 we are talking about. Sorry, man. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, this is a truth. So <laughs> afterwards, afterwards, my mom figured out that, okay, this is something that's still not existing in, in Hungary. That children, so like four years old uh, children, ride and race motorbikes. That was something, you know, not existing back at the time maybe i think if i'm not mistaken japan was the only country but again we are talking about a lot of years ago so there was you know no social media also tv was a different kind of stuff you know (laughs) so i really have no idea how how my mom arrived to this point to to put children on, on the motorcycles clearly she was not the only one because we had a couple of fathers not mothers but fathers Mm -hmm. uh building uh motorbikes for for their children uh because it was all handmade Mm -hmm. that was only a couple of years later that the first you know pw yamahas was available before that there was nothing like that yeah um and you know maybe women sometimes better organizers I don't know (laughs)
0: but
1: but I'll I'll agree on that one
0: I'll agree on that one but
1: you know my mom said okay let's do this more serious so she found a couple of fathers a couple of parents interested in motorbikes maybe ex-racers as well um just let me show you just one name one Hungarian name that Probably everyone knows following uh, or used to follow is Gabor Tanachi. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, we, we started together. Really? So we, exactly. Yeah. Just, no. just did, exactly.
0: Did, did you beat him? Did you beat him?
1: I don't remember that. No. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I can tell you a lot of names that afterwards I raced against. Sometimes maybe I also beat them. For example, Carl Abraham.
0: You beat Carl Abraham.
1: Yeah, but this was a lot of years ago. It did
0: not matter. Um, a win kid. is a win. A win is a win. It did not matter.
1: <laughs> no, it was it was not a win, but I, I finished uh, ahead of him. Um, but that was the Alpe Adria Championship, so a, a local for our countries like Czech Republic, Hungary, Slovakia, Austria, etc. But yeah, I was I was lucky enough to to race against a couple of guys who afterwards had a really nice career in, in, in the world championship maybe not necessarily in the MotoGP category but yeah. definitely in, 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 the, in the series. For example, I remember that my first European championship race where I qualified, that race uh, was won by another one else than Mattia Pazzini. Are you si- but uh, yo oh <laughs> but I was I was back I was back in the field dog but that race yeah that was Mattia winning that it was in Karskoga, Sweden. But I can name a lot, couple of other guys.
0: <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, here's what I found incredible because like you know, I, I love I love how the world is now. As I tell people, if you don't look at the news, it's a better world because there's people who are finally getting their, their their due diligence, and that's women, you know, being on on the forefront. And I, you know, I'm sure there's still sexism there, but there's still it's more open. And what I thought was beautiful is, I think it was Portugal where you beat a kid, and his dad goes, "You got beat by a girl. You're you're not racing anymore." Please how
1: tell did know that? Please tell
0: us how to how to you know that. Well, I- I'm kind of a journalist too. I I do my I do my homework
1: wow but that's really a good homework to, wow yeah that was the european championship first by the way and uh i finished i am scoring points so maybe i don't know 10s or stuff like that mm-hmm. um and i had a big fight with the with the, with the guy with a boy clearly because apart from one season when i participated in the european uh, female championship mm-hmm. uh all of my career, during all of my career, clearly I competed against the, the guys, the boys, because that's, that's the normal right. thing to do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, as, as you said, I arrived to, um, in front of this guy and his father just arrived to the Parfumé like shouting like, hey, you know what, if a girl can't finish against you, we are done here, you won't do any more races, I won't finance it, you know? and I was like, what the f- I mean, you know, yes, I'm a girl, but, you know, at the end of the day, I'm just another rider, so imagine, imagine what the whole field could feel when Ana Carrasco won the 300cc World Championship, and if, if you remember back, she got, I would say, attack let's say um a lot of times saying that yeah because she has an advantage because she is lighter she's like this she's like, no man and, and and every time yeah her bike was faster
0: yeah that, that, that's you know how years, many t- yes. you know
1: how many times i got it yeah, yeah she's like this just because her bike is like this and that yeah man i had the smallest budget most of the time during my career so yes. believe me My bike was never the fastest. If only, you know.
0: Did did, did it give you a little bit of more oomph to beat the guy? I mean, did was it the fact you just wanted to win or get like you know maybe a a a podium? But did you have a little bit like I'm gonna show these boys that girls can do it too, even back in those days? Or or you just or you didn't or you didn't pay it no mind. You just wanted to do your business.
1: I don't think I had this in my mind that you know just I girl and I want to show no I, I I know I mean I was just one of the writers maybe I felt more that I had a lot of disadvantage mm-hmm. being a girl but I just how, wanted to prove
0: how, 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 how do you, have advantage, uh, you think
1: um in a lot of ways so we cannot forget that motorcycling motor racing also a physical sport yes. we cannot forget it's not just MotoGP gp is super hard yeah. super super hard but also moto three or back at the time one two five gp uh the category which i i used to race in. It. Uh, so it's a physical sport and you know we can do whatever we want but women and men we are different also in our physical uh Thank reality god. yeah thank god yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes yes <laughs> in some
0: ways thank god. <laughs> yeah
1: but this can be a disadvantage also i'm quite a small one you know only 160 in centimeters a mm-hmm. meter sorry uh, so for example i used to race together and also against other girls much taller than me bigger than me i don't want to say like um like men physically but more close to them so as you can see I'm quite thin that was (laughs) that was the case so I had to I had to train much much more to be able to handle everything and for example also because of my weight I remember back at the time in the 125 GP, there was a minimum weight you had to reach the rider the bike and everything together for that we had to put nine extra kilos on the bike why, Otherwise,
0: you, you were so I light. was under
1: delivery, yes. Wow! But wow. imagine nine, nine, you know, nine kilograms and moving on the bike and you know yeah. doing the turns and changing direction. That's a lot.
0: It is that's a lot. lot
1: so let yeah. me ask you
0: something: Did you did did you have the presence of mind, the clairvoyance, to say, "I love this," or were you just in it and you didn't really realize it? Because now that you're out of it and you're watching it from afar. Did it take you back and did you really appreciate what you were doing while you were doing it? Because like now I look at the sports that I did and I go, man, I really love that sport. But while I was in it, I didn't appreciate it as much. Do you find the same thing or, or while you were doing it, you go, man, I love this.
1: I had this feeling. I had to love this feeling every time I remember every Beginning of April, normally, when was the first time that in Hungary, the weather was good enough, you know, to go first time uh, at the tracks. I remember, still, I remember that feeling like, wow, okay, this is best in anything. Yeah. literally anything best than sex, anything
0: really <laughs> <laughs> sorry we're not even going to go there, but there you go, there you know, no, but you know what though no, it's the truth, and I know it's you know it's it is funny, but it's the truth when you find that passion to where like about like honestly, like when I'm doing a track day, you know, and you're on that track and you're and it's feeling good and the bikes, you're just going. This is the greatest
1: feeling ever. Yeah.
0: It really, so I, I know what you mean. I know exactly what you mean.
1: And don't get me wrong, it doesn't mean that my love life is not good enough. So don't get
0: me wrong. <laughs> Hey, we're not, go- we're not going there. It ain't that kind of podcast. <laughs> we're, not, we're not going there, unless you want to, but I don't think we're going to go there. Yeah. But, but anyway, now, can, can you name a race that sticks out in your mind? And you don't have to, maybe you didn't win it, you have to finish it, but was there a race that you just go, you remember going, I'm having the best time ever? Is there one that just sticks out in your mind where it just it, it, it implants in your mind forever, you're going, this is the greatest.
1: Um, I don't think I have one specific race. Um, one race weekend that clearly stands out was still in Qatar. Uh, but that was an eight hours endurance world championship race. Mm-hmm where I was part of the Qatari uh, team, one of the Qatari uh, teams, because uh, they had two athletes at the time, and that was an all-feminine team. Uh, frankly speaking, this this was my idea. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why, don't ask me, but first time I went to Qatar and I understood also that they're they doing the local stuff. I was like, I really want to do something with them because, you know, that would be something special. Yeah. You know, women racing in an Arabic country, you know, that's something. And uh, they, they were open for it. And uh, back at the time, there was a Hungarian man uh, Bulchu, who was the the director of the road racing committee in FIM, I'm pretty sure you saw him because he was the guy giving out uh, the the awards uh, during the the MotoGP ceremony okay. in in Valencia. Yes. Uh, so he was he was one of them, um, and um, and yeah, and I asked him, Hey Roger, could you maybe help me because this would be so nice, and he did. And we, arrived, and we arrived to Qatar to the to the Endurance Championship race um, with Paola Cazzola and Nina Prince, Italian and uh, the German girl. And we've been a, a team together. I think if I'm not mistaken, we were the first ever all feminine team in the, in the European, or sorry, in the Endurance uh, Championship. So that weekend was something special. That weekend was really, really good. It, even if I... I will be honest with you. I wasn't the fastest one. Be, first of all, the other two girls, uh, they already uh, raced in the thousand mm-hmm. cc category, so mm-hmm. for them, and they were, as I said, physically much stronger, bigger than me. Yeah. Uh, and I and I was coming from the six hundred cc, so that was a big step. Yeah. But that weekend was something special with you know with with the lights in Qatar and yes. not the proper lights not the proper one that we have in the MotoGP weekend yes. because in, in the endurance you know we have lights also on the bike yes so they just they just used I think the one third or something like that so you had the, the shadows around you moving it was so weird yeah but at the same at the same time it was awesome and that was the weekend I reached my highest ever speed I guess 310. 311? Yeah, three hundred
0: eleven. Yeah, three hundred eleven. Exactly. Oh my you know goodness! Well, I mean, yeah. how, did you did you feel it? Did you go? I'm going really, no. really fast. Or did you just you were just in the moment.
1: Yeah, just in the moment. You yeah. know, because also when you are on the bike, main straight this fast, you you have to concentrate. Otherwise, yeah,
0: you know. <laughs> yeah, I know. You have to stop. You have to stop. <laughs> yeah. at the end of- exactly.
1: Okay. <laughs> now
0: you stop. It's better. Now you stop racing. Only because mm. finances, all right? Yeah. I mean, cause it, now was it, was there a bittersweetness to that? I mean, was there like a little bit of bitterness? Like, ah, or were you like, you were kind of like, I knew this was going to happen. And I mean, how did you feel? I mean, what was that feeling mm. like? Did you feel, did you yeah. feel like you squeezed the most you could out of your talent? Uh-uh. No, really?
1: this is the problem. No, this is the problem. And that's why it still hurts. Oh. Uh but it's not i too old too old You're not old back. stop
0: it you're not old Wait <laughs> hey, but but did you I mean does it does it eat you up a little bit inside because I know for me personally when I think about what I could have done when I wrestled how I what I could have done on one match I could have been a state champion but this and it and it, it it does it eats me up inside to where I go ah So are there times when you're watching a racer and maybe and you're more inside than I am and you know somebody's maybe not uh, they could get more out of the bike than, the, than, than they are. And you go, if I was on a bike, I could be so good. And you go, I know I could have got a party. I mean, is there a part of you that feels that?
1: Yeah. I don't know why I think not just, just my racing career, but whole all my life, it's a little bit like this, that the good chances maybe never arrive at the perfect time, you know, or when a chance arrive, maybe I'm not in the best form or I don't have everything to do that. For example, I had the possibility to introduce myself in the in the world championship level in 2007 Turkey yeah. Istanbul, Istanbul. Istanbul yes yeah but man I was not ready for that I mean I was ready but not not there and not not that way. So that was one of the first races of the season. So we are talking about April, yeah. and as I just said to you, in Hungary before April, it's almost impossible to go and ride because you know the weather doesn't allow you to do. So imagine this: that the last race I did was the year before mm-hmm. October. Then I stopped completely, uh, maybe some off-road, and then I did. One single track day before going to a place, a a track, which I don't know, you know, Istanbul was the first time ever for me to be there. Yeah, I was not ready. I was not ready for that, unfortunately. So these things, you know, still eat me. But...
0: Being how it is now in the world, we you know, we have YouTube. We have now we, we know how to happened to that mental, like, okay, things aren't, you know, like, like when Michael Phelps would train, his coach would purposely lose his goggles on purpose. So he would or fill them with water. He would do something so that, he, so that when the actual meet came and if something went wrong, he was still like, I've been through this before in practice, so I'm good. Do you think if, if you would have had that resource to, uh, available towards you back in your day, you think you could have maybe done better at, at Istanbul? Because I know it was raining there, you only had maybe, what, one dry session? So and yeah. on, a, on a track you didn't know, and did it throw
1: you mentally? I think, uh, yeah, when we arrived there, first of all, this is one of the toughest circuits. And why Ever, is that? I think. Why is that? Why? Oh, it's it's for for the for the turns, for all the layout. It's, it's really one of the most difficult ones. Uh, I mean, when Tilke <laughs> designed the track, I mean, I think he was a little bit out of his mind. But, <laughs> um, but it's a nice track, don't yes. get me wrong. Just a difficult one. And yeah, and when I realized, you know, the weather forecast and I saw the rain and I, that time on the rain I was not that fast later I, I became better yeah um I think I understood quite quickly that it it was going to be really really tough maybe then I started to put too much pressure on myself yeah a bit like you know yeah I was like too too rigid yeah so but you know there's no if. What could have happened, you know, uh, in
0: life I, is- I can, yeah. I can tell, I can tell each year. I mean, I can tell that just by the way you said that and your body language, I can tell. <laughs> and, and trust me, I know, yeah, there's times when I'm in, I'm in the car alone and I'll think it's when I go, and I'll just start cussing like, why did I, you know, why didn't I do this, why didn't I do that? So yeah, I- Yeah, I, I, and
1: I, maybe the extra pressure also that it was already so difficult to get that white car. Because for me, the obvious choice would have been Bruno. Yeah, I know the track. I, I already at, at the time I knew the track. Also, I was fast enough there to qualify. You know, because we checked the lap times, mm-hmm. and the lap times I did during the Hungarian Championship races or the Alpardo Championship races, mm. that was enough to qualify, uh, which is already a big thing. You know, with your bike, which is really not at the level where the where the other bikes are, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm. But uh, there, there were too many, unfortunately, too many uh, check riders uh, back at the time. So for me, it was impossible to get the white car there. And they were like, okay, here you have a chance. Yeah. And clearly we took it. Maybe that was a bad decision. Yeah. I don't know.
0: Yeah, you can't go back in time. You can't go back no. in time. You're unfortunately.
1: You're unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately. Unfortunately, so
0: right. But now what made you, now walking away the way you did, was there a certain level of bitterness? And how did you make that transition into MotoGP as a journalist without carrying a little bit of that, like, uh, a little bit of uh, bitterness, you know? like Because you could have easily walked away and said, I'm done with all this and, and chosen a different path in life. What made you want to stick around?
1: I don't know. I think this is a too big love for that. And it, it's strange because it's just recently... Uh, I was realizing that just because I I was told by someone that what I feel Mm -hmm. for motorcycling, for motor racing, maybe for MotoGP as well, it's also love. So you can be in love, not just with another person. Yes. But for other things as well. For example, motor racing. And this is like, oh, wow, 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 really? Uh, So now I I have to break up? or (laughs) what?
0: Yes. (laughs) I know what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah.
1: yeah, but I was lucky now because even if this racing in, in uh, Istanbul was not a success, I could continue my racing career. Moreover, I reached better and better results uh, in national and also international levels. I just switched categories. So from one to five, two-stroke GP, I went to four-stroke, mm-hmm. uh, 600 bikes. But afterwards, luckily I had lot of good results yeah. um but turkey istanbul was good enough for me to fall in love deeply with MotoGP, gp and i said okay even if as a rider it's not possible anymore but let me tell you that i had another white card for that year for Sepang. but my sponsor just uh, stepped back
0: Oh, that had to hurt. Oh, that, so hurts. Imagine the- that yeah. hurts me hearing that. That hurts me yeah. hearing that. Oh, did you? Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm asking, uh, uh, be real, but did you cry? Was there a part of you that cried?
1: Uh, for sure, right? yeah,
0: for sure, for sure. Oh, ah. I'm sorry. But yeah, no, no, but I'm okay. I'm okay. Sure, you are. Sure, you are. It's okay. It's okay. It, it, it's okay. You, you, you can admit it to me as well. You did. It's okay. But now. So I was lucky
1: enough. I, I was lucky enough to continue racing. Yeah. And I somehow, uh, but I think it was something protection, self protection from my brain. I was always able to separate the two things. So when I'm at the MotoGP races as a reporter, journalist, whatever. Yeah. Um, I really try to avoid and I avoid to think as a rider or as a racer.
0: You avoid that? otherwise,
1: it, Yes, because otherwise it hurts. Otherwise, I arrive to the stage with you, are thinking, oh, you know, man, I could have done this maybe as well or you know, and I and I don't want to have this feeling. So when I'm there, I just want to enjoy. Otherwise, you know, being sad, that what if and what on. No, that's yeah, not the way.
0: Yeah, that'll eat you up inside. But, you know, but hey, on, on, to, on to happier things. Uh, you know, you said one of your other passions, one of your other loves is photography. And you said you like to capture the passion. And with that, what is that? Uh, what is the passion that you try to capture through the lens?
1: The passion, but more the persons behind so I remember when I arrived to, to MotoGP also as a as a journalist, as a photographer, time were different, you know, we had no social media. It's not like nowadays, also the riders themselves, they show you their life, also the personal life if they decide to do. But back at the time, it was difficult. I mean, you could find action shots yeah. all over. Yeah. Right. Also, they but nothing else. And I wanted to see, you know, the mothers, the fathers, the reactions why the son, for example, is on the track or the wives or afterwards children. You know. Maybe it's because I'm a woman yes. e- and even if I am a rider, even if I'm a racer, there is a lot of people there to show the technical side, for example, but I still now, um, I wanna more show the persons, the persons behind the visors, yes. and the persons behind the riders.
0: I think for me, what I love is in Formula One, and also Mono GP, but in Formula One, one of my favorite things ever is before they go on the track, they get that close-up of the of the driver's eyes, and he's like this, he's looking at that screen and he's like, You can see his eyes, the wrinkles around his, you know, the eyes, the crow's feet, and he's like this. And I don't know why, but one of the most iconic images, at least for me, from an OGP, is when Marquez crashed in Assen during qualifying, and he was just on the fence, and he was looking at the time, like, I wonder, you know, am I gonna get pole? And it's at those, at those moments like that when they just when they're con- if you get that close up of those eyes, look at the because t- they're always looking at the timing screen, they always are. They're always looking like their timing screen, and it, I think maybe it's because women or more have a more maternal instinct. To, you know, they're more loving and there's a different kind of heart that they have, maybe that's why you want to have those pictures, you know? Where men, maybe they're more we're more technical and we're more, okay, it's, oh, look at the, you know, the beautiful chain or the engine. Look at, you know, look at the spokes of the wheels or whatever or the exhaust system and you want to capture that, that emotion. Like you said, the parent and you being a woman, maybe says like, okay, I'm going to see what the mother's doing. How, how is she looking at her son? You know, there was something that really put a lump in my throat and you were talking about Louis Salam's mother wanted pictures of her son. How did that make? Yes. How did that hit you?
1: <sighs> a lot. Um, I, I I remember because I I made a made a story about the tattoos of the riders. Yeah. Um, mostly the MotoGP riders, but I knew that also from the lower categories. There were a couple of guys with a lot of tattoos, and and Louis was one of them. Um, but you know. They were uh, really, really religious uh, person, really religious family. So, to be able to take the pictures of, of Luis and, you know, half naked, let's say, yeah. riders, you know, um, I had to go through uh, his, his mother and get an approval that no worries, I don't want to do anything wrong with your son. <laughs> I just really want to understand the stories behind the tattoos. Because this is the other thing when I did this story, when I published the photo, photos, a couple of people came to me, hey, you are a clever one. I was like, what? Ah, you made them half naked. I was like, oh geez, really? <laughs> no. Yes, yes, I made them. But it was, you know, the intention was something completely different. Yeah. Because the stories I learned during asking them about about the tattoos, Ben piece included, um, Scott Redding included. You know because they captured moments um losing someone really important for them for example ben losing a really good friend he captured one of the one of the tattoos or scott Redding. you know when we had the accident or shoya tomizawa yeah and you know that scott was involved so he has a tattoo and a lot of deep 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 stories and losses also um and yeah, so so I, I had the pictures of, of Luis Louis as well, and and unfortunately we lost him. Maybe that was a year after, just or something like that. Yeah. And it was just two years ago, maybe. Then my his mom found me on on Facebook, where well, we've been already friends. Right. But I don't know. I don't know how. You know. I just popped up on on her newsfeed. Yeah. And she wrote me that, hey, sorry, you're not the girl, you know, who took the pictures. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's me. And she was like, could you please send that picture, Sam? Because I don't have pictures about all of his tattoos. And it would be something really important for me to, to have them. And I was like, wow. Wow. So, yeah, clearly, clearly I, I sent her everything. And uh, she printed out and uh, she has the pictures on on the wall in 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 her home, or in their home. Yeah. So yeah, and then this is these are the times when you say that. Okay, then maybe I did something good. I mean,
0: no, you, you know, there.
1: Yeah, yeah, they've been a lot of lot of journalists, lot of really good journalists, superb ones, really good photographers, but yet.
0: Well, everybody's different. And they find their way. Exactly. I mean, every everybody exactly. on that grid is great. And I, but I just think that, and everybody has their own little, you know, their own little niche. And you know, I love yes. Andrew Wheeler. I love you know all those guys. I love what they do. But man, yeah, I mean, the, it, you're always gonna put your personal stamp, and maybe that's yours. Is just capturing those moments, and and it hits somebody on a on a deeper level, you know. Let me tell you something. When it comes to tattoos, you could have a book on Aaron Kinnett's alone. Aaron Kinnett scares the shit out of me. I think mean, I call him prison tattoos. When I see that dude coming, I'm going the other way. if, if I see him, I can see him on a on a a noon on a Sunday going to church and I will turn and go the other way that dude, (laughs) I've never been that scared of anybody under the age of 21 in my life.
1: (laughs) Frankly speaking, he's, he's on my bucket list. He's on my bucket list because now I'm just planning to, to do again because this story came out almost uh, maybe not 10 years ago, but uh, seven years ago, something like that. So it's, it's wasn't yesterday. Uh, Now we have, Almost the whole field is, is new, except uh, just one two guys. I mean, except maybe Andrea Dovizioso. I think he's the only one who was in my old story and could be also in the current one. I think, uh, but yeah, definitely Aaron Canet is on on the list. And um, last no, two years ago, twenty twenty, just when the pandemic uh, started in Qatar, I, I because that time he had already. The neck, but just the back yes. part of the neck. Yeah. And when I saw that, you know, because the pattern is really, really nice, yes, it's
0: beautiful. It's beautiful. It, it, it beautiful. Really is, it's exquisite. together
1: with the helmet. I was like, wow. So I was like, okay, I need the story. And so she said, wait a bit, wait till the summer break because I will have more. But yeah. that time I was not, uh, you know, imagining or visualizing something like that that he has now. Yes. Yeah. That's wow.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like I said, you could write a book on his tattoos. You could <laughs> for sure. And th- th- this is funny is that I thought you know we know about writers, Some writers have their own little uh, superstitions, or whatever, or you know, little routines. Could you please <laughs> tell people about the time you interviewed Mark Marquez and you found out a little bit of his, his, his uh, what, what his routine? On race weekend, I thought it was hilarious. Could you please tell that? I was shocked as well
1: because I just asked him about, you know, what's what's your routine? I just, you know, what do you do before the races? And that and it was, I think, 2014, maybe. Mm-hmm. So maybe second because he was already in in MotoGP and he was like you know i have uh, all the weekends blue and then red underwears and i was like really (laughs) and that was really it was on 10 years ago now and you know what just the other day i was uh, browsing and i went through all the stuff in his merchandising and there are underwears there blue and red underwear. So now it's a really well-known story. Um, By the way, that was a one-to-one interview which was leaked. I don't want to tell you more, that was leaked. So the story came out also in Spanish media. Yeah. Even if uh, I was the first one ever, he told me he told this story. Yeah.
0: You're number one. You're number one. See, it's people yeah. like you. You get the good stuff out of people. What? What's another? Yeah. Name another. You, you don't. You don't have to name. A, you don't have to name a writer. But uh, is there another one who has like a, a, a superstition or a kind of routine that you go? Really? You don't have to name the rider because you, you don't want to embarrass him. But can you think of another one that has like a routine? You go, Oh my God.
1: Well, frankly speaking, I was not that surprised either with Mark. Also because I had something similar or not similar. Actually, I had the same routine when I used to race.
0: You used to wear blue underwear?
1: Not blue, <laughs> but I had the specific ones. So it's for the same one for every Friday, every Saturday and every Sunday when I used to race.
0: Your underwear. And
1: and I and I yes, and then I would tell you the same thing that Mark told to me that no worries every time we wash it, you know, like am I to. Wasn't this go. is what is, this is what he said. I, I wasn't and, gonna
0: go there, I wasn't gonna go there, I wasn't gonna yeah, go there. Yeah, so,
1: so I said no worries Mike, I hear you because I just have, because that time I was still racing, I have the same routine. So this is something normal. Also, it's normal to wear red socks, which I used to do.
0: That red, red, uh, simulates the passion?
1: No, red is protection. Really? In a lot of countries, for example, in Italy.
0: I didn't know that.
1: Protection and also brings luck. So for example, the New Year's Eve, mm-hmm. Italians, they wear, uh, wear red underne- underwears and bras for the women, etc. because it brings luck and also protection.
0: Okay, so why blue underwear for <laughs> you until race day? Why blue?
1: No, for me, the color was not blue and red for the underwears. Um, Okay, just skip this topic. I didn't want to go there, but I was like, well, since we're already there. No, you know what? Okay, I remember one of them was with teddy bears. (laughs) And now I'll tell you something I think I never ever said to anyone. Not during the interview for sure, or just public chat. Yes, I'll tell you what. Let's,
0: let's...
1: <laughs> you know, because this is the thing. I I had them um, since I was a little girl, yeah. so like maybe thirteen years old or fourteen yeah. or something like that. Yeah. So it's not the sexy ones because first of all, when you're racing, you're not thinking about being sexy under the, the leather. Yeah, and uh, and yeah, and I don't know how it started, but the red socks that came afterwards. Just a lot of years later. Stop laughing.
0: You know? <laughs> stop laughing. Oh, no. No, I think it's great. I love that i I got the oh, open.
1: I opened my heart.
0: You, yes, you did. And I appreciate <laughs> yeah. that. Yes, you did. And I appreciate that. So let's let's get to the fun yeah. part. Let's get to the fun part of the GP. I don't part. know. It's just
1: being superstitious, but they, also if you ask the riders, mm-hmm. they cannot tell you why they do. Yeah. Because they just start to do it. And also the funny thing that you think, I don't know, it will protect you or it will bring you luck. But even if you have a bad weekend, the weekend after you continue to do. Yes. Yeah. So I, I uh, it's it, it's kind of a, a routine maybe to, to arrive into the mood. Yeah. Um, And yeah, maybe a little bit of, yeah, I think it's more about the concentration, finding kind of a inner peace at the moment. Yeah. Because you know, at the end of the day, you have good weekends, bad weekends. But again, as I said, the week after you do the same routine. So I'm pretty sure that even if uh, Mark had the big crash in Jerez yeah. two years ago, he didn't stop doing these things. But you know what? Maybe I will ask. Yeah, but I'm pretty yeah. sure. I'm pretty sure he didn't. Sure he didn't stop. I'm pretty sure. Yeah so like you know for for example, but also mark has a lot of other small things like um not jumping but towing when when he stands up from from his seat in the pit box yeah, and when he starts to walk towards his bike, he's topping on the toes three steps, I guess, and then he starts to walk normally
0: real, I'll notice, okay, I'm gonna watch for that come in going and watch yes. that cuz you told me all cause you yes. I, yeah. I'm glad you tell me that. I, I can't wait for <laughs> a guitar. I can't wait. So we're going to get to GP real quick. Um, your thoughts, if I can ask you right now, if somebody put a gun to your head and say, who's going to win the MotoGP Championship for 2022, the winner will be?
1: Mark Marquez.
0: And that will be because?
1: Because he's so strong, even if he's physically just at 85%.
0: I, I totally and agree. also
1: and also because the the step that Honda made mm-hmm. yes during the winter, but more I would say last year because already we could see the, the base of the new bikes already back in Misano
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, after Misano two when we had the test. They, I think, they did a really good job. A lot of people were afraid that yeah, but the new bikes they never good immediately from the beginning. Yeah. I think this bike, together with Mar, has the potential to be fast immediately, but also Paul is fast, or he was fast during the test. And even if, you know, it's like this, that you cannot read almost anything from the test results, yet you can read a lot from them. Yeah. Um, So I think Paul is, is really fast and ready. And I have some doubts as it is now, Maybe after Qatar, I will say, and also you know, Qatar and the second race afterwards in Mandalika. I think just these two races will show how the twenty twenty two season will be. I think I think we will see different people on the podium already immediately.
0: I think the first two or three will be a who's who, but I don't think, Mm -hmm. and this I remember Rossi saying this. In Austin, he goes, the championship doesn't really start till we get to Europe. So Europe. I think it could be a who's who, the first two or three races. And then you'll see maybe a pattern. Who do you have coming runner up? Runner up, who do you have runner up?
1: Now I'm hesitating between um, Pekov will be strong for sure. But you know what, I can imagine one of the Suzuki's there. Also, Fabio is really fast, but the question is how much um, he will able to cover the
0: what Yamaha
1: is missing. The yeah,
0: lack of speed on the, sp- on, on the straightaways, yeah. but he's gonna have to push it in the corners. But luckily, the Yamaha can corner, so we'll see. Who do you have top three? Who do you have the, uh, coming in third in the championship?
1: I don't know, as you said, there are so many riders, so fast, so competitive, and don't forget, this will be, finger crossed, the longest season ever.
0: Yes. It, so it's, it's
1: not just, it's not just you have to be fast and strong, but 21 races are 21 races. And as I said, physically also, mentally, Yes. all the traveling and everything will be hard.
0: Cause I always said the season was three, Three parts. The first part, like the first, you know, it used to be Qatar, and then it was either Austin or Argentina, whatever, whatever. And then it started, but, and it was always the flyaways where you could lose a championship. Because I just remember, you know, I remember when Maverick Vinales was 125s, or, one, or maybe 103, and it was him, uh, Miguel Oliveira, and uh, Alex Renz, and Luis Salam. They were all, no, yeah, no, it, was, it wasn't Oliveira, it was Salam. Um, Alex Renz and Maverick, and it was winner take all in that last race. Because remember, he he was he left uh, a Motegi, and yes. then they said, "Hey, we're gonna sue you." Goes, okay, I'll come back, and he came back, and then he re- and then it came out to the last race, and that, that move he put on Alex Renz I say, was one of the best moves I've ever seen in racing, uh, in a class that wasn't Moto GP. That was one of the best races I've ever seen. So, who do you have for uh, getting uh, Rookie of the Year? Oh
1: wow, um. Ooh, that's also a tough, one. because uh, I think Raúl Fernández is fast. I'm not sure whether with KTM he will be able to to beat the other guys. Frankly speaking, um, also Di Antonio, I think he will surprise us. Maybe.
0: I I personally think that Darren Bender is going to surprise more people. Uh, I I really do. I think Darren Bender is going to be more of a surprise because remember they were like, oh no, I don't want this guy coming like a wrecking ball in the MotoGP for what he did to uh, you know Dennis Faggia. So I, I think Darren Bender I think Darren Binder will have a better year. I think I think he'll, he'll have a better year than people think he will.
1: I just had the doubt again, also because of uh, because of Yamaha and so many so much fast by some degree. Yeah. Eight Ducatis. Eight. Also, also, that's a lot.
0: (laughs) But you know what? If they don't win a Constructors' Championship, you're like, are you You had eight bikes. How do you not win a Constructors' Championship with eight bikes? You know what I mean? I mean. Yeah.
1: You know how the points.
0: I know how the points. But still. But still. Give it out. So, you know. But still.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, also the other had the chance, so Suzuki yeah. had the chance to, to have a satellite team. They yeah. opted for no, uh, Aprilia is the same, so, you know.
0: I forgot about Maverick, I man, I tell you what, I hope Maverick's happy. I would love to see him win multiple races, but I would still love to see Aleish win a race. I mean, that would be the greatest thing ever, to see Aleish win a race. Who doesn't like Aleish? I mean, the guy bet on himself, and he won, and he came from forward racing on those you know he was giving up so many you know miles an hour whatever and he pushed that bike and he bet on himself and won and you can't help but love somebody who bets on themselves and wins so I hope later let goes. me
1: let me tell you something if i still have the time yeah i was lucky enough to to see already the MotoGP unlimited the Series that is going to be launched in Amazon Prime the fourteenth of March. Yes. So after after the first race in Qatar, tell me, tell me, oh, you will love it. You will love it. Okay. A lot, and also you will see a lot of um, funny scenes with Aleish, for yeah. example. Clearly, don't forget Maverick, who had a really really difficult season last year. From not just you know from from. A lot of point of view uh both on the track also personally you know uh, losing his his cousin yeah and uh, and I've been in the premiere in Madrid um just like two weeks ago or something like that. Mm-hmm. Last week, I, I'm not sure. Um, and I and I and I had um, and I had an interview with uh, with all the riders uh, being there. Unfortunately, with Mark only I had three minutes, yeah. which is nothing, you know. Yeah. Um, but but with the other guys, Maverick included, um, I had like a fifteen minutes chat. Mm-hmm. And man, he was so relaxed, so nice, and so a different Maverick from from last year oh. or for the one I saw last year and as you said I really really hope that he is going to have some nice result this year with with Aprilia and and he will find what he has been looking for since a lot of years.
0: I hope so I really do I mean I love them all I really do I love them all but and I want all everyone to do well but yeah I really want Maverick to do well I really do. Okay here we go. Yeah but
1: I mean but who not? I mean, yeah. tell me one person who doesn't want to see Jack Miller winning a game. Exactly. I love them all. So <laughs> you know? it,
0: it, it's a win-win for me every MotoGP weekend because exactly. I, love, I love all those guys. And I, I just want everybody to finish. And I always keep my fingers crossed. I don't want anybody to get hurt. I just want them all to finish. So, But listen, before we get out of here, I need one-word answers from you. One-word answers. No explanation. I'm give you one-word answers, okay? It's real simple, all right? Okay. You got to go, okay. boom, Okay. Without MotoGP being included, where's your favorite place to travel? One of your favorite cities, where countries to travel without MotoGP being included? San Diego. San Diego, California? Yes. Okay. Who? What country has the best food?
1: Oh, wow. Um,
0: Spain. Spain over Italy? Yes. Oh, the Italians are going to have your head on a spigot. You pick Spain over Italy for food. Your fa- mm-hmm. favorite dish? Favorite dish?
1: Ah, oh, sushi. So maybe I would have said Japan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Your favorite country of food is Spain, but your favorite dish is sushi. So Spanish sushi?
1: <laughs> yeah, Spanish sushi, exactly. No, but in Spain, because I'm telling you, because I've been spending the winter here in Spain, mm-hmm. uh, also... We have some idea maybe to, to move here or something like that. Yeah. And all the seafood here, you know, and uh, maybe, okay, also paella is something really nice. But, oh, you know, the tapas, the jamon, man, the jamon. Tell me, tell me one person. Okay, you don't eat meat, sorry. <laughs> but you eat meat and doesn't like, you are, you are like David, Emmett. <laughs> okay, but jamon still is good. <laughs> so, yeah, but number one forever is, is sushi. Okay. I don't know how that's possible because you know I have a limit how much I can eat. But, <laughs> but if but if it's sushi, yeah, I really don't know how yeah. how I can eat that much. <laughs> I don't understand. Okay.
0: Um, your favorite track, favorite Moto GP track.
1: As a photographer, as a journalist, as a writer. It doesn't
0: matter. Okay. As as a photographer, favorite uh, photo, MotoGP GP track as a photographer.
1: Uh, why I put myself in this position um, oh, oh, wow well, maybe one of the Spanish tracks and but also just because of the lights because maybe for example Valencia is maybe not the best track or you, you wouldn't say Valencia, you know taking pictures but when we go there November second part of November, you know, the, the sun goes down quite early and end of the, the last sessions, yes. you have a really, really beautiful lights, but also in Aragon, for example,
0: yeah.
1: the morning lights. Awesome. So the Spanish lights are, are special.
0: I, I love Valencia. I, I, you know, I think when I die, I want to be cremated and I want my ashes sprinkled <laughs> around Valencia. I really do. I want my ashes sprinkled around Valencia. I really do. I okay, do. that's how much I love that place. I love that place. Okay, but to watch a race, if you had to pick any one MotoGP track to watch a race, which one would it be? Mm. Wow, a lot.
1: Of, wow, you ask difficult questions.
0: <laughs> anyway. It's easy.
1: Geez. yeah is it
0: yes it is it's real easy I'll oh, go, tell me then I'll go first Magello.
1: okay yeah I, I knew that you were going to say that wow yeah yeah but, yeah but yes and no I mean that's straight really that's the most I don't know oh, that's okay the first first corner and the first uh breaking it, area is something
0: <sighs> it's, it's a toss-up between Magello and Phillip Island
1: Yes, I th- I think Phillip Island. I yeah.
0: think if Phillip Island was, if they p- p- uh, bumped that up to March or April, it'd be better than going there when they go in, a- in October. That's just a nightmare. I was there and I was miserable. I was wet, I was cold, you know? I mean, yeah, but it's a beautiful track. So yeah, I-, I- But I'm
1: also wondering now with the current situation how dirty it was during the test. But just uh, listening to the riders, because I haven't been in the Mandalika test. Mm -hmm. uh, So so I didn't see personally, but all the riders say that it's a really, really nice track. So if the conditions will be okay, I mean, no dirt. And now, you know, they're resurfacing a bit. Maybe also that track can bring a really good race.
0: We'll see. Okay. If you had to pick, this is a tough one. It might get you in trouble. If you, if you want to, you can pass on this one. Uh, your, okay. Your favorite MotoGP rider. <laughs> <laughs> if you had to pick. If you had to pick. I know you love them all, but if you had to pick. Uh,
1: the favorite as how, as a person or uh, just your
0: favorite as, one. I mean, as a rider. In, 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 whatever, in whatever aspect, maybe just, okay, your favorite MotoGP rider to sit down and have a cappuccino with.
1: Hmm. from the current field that would be Morbidelli.
0: nice oh that is i love that we totally excluded frankie but i love that that's beautiful
1: yeah frankie is a so beautiful
0: soul I, I i was gonna say the same thing i love his soul but yeah. nothing
1: nothing talking about what the yes just talking about anything else life
0: Talking about life. Life, when he music. Had that, when he had that helmet with Spike Lee, I go, I really, really want to talk to Frankie on here and we can talk about anything but MotoGP. I just want to talk about life with him. You know what I mean? I, I just feel it would be so deep and so much fun.
1: But I think now I have another name, um, kind of an all time favorite from, for 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 a lot of reasons, uh, it's Nikki Hayden. Who? Nikki.
0: Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Another really, really beautiful soul. Good soul. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. 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 Nikki, so Kovacs, that- Nikki Kovacs, our time is coming to an end. If there's anything, and I love looking at your your uh, Instagram because it's just you can just see the passion that you have for life for travel for what you do for a living I mean it's all you can just tell it's just it's not one of those people where oh there's your Instagram life but it's totally different I mean you could you could see the passion in what you do so if there's anything that you want to tell people that would that, that should be a life's motto what would it be?
1: Hmm. Well enjoy the moments enjoy the moment because you really really can't know what the future brings
0: yeah
1: and uh, i don't know i mean now (laughs) maybe i would say if you have a love and a passion for something then really go for it and really don't leave anyone to to stop you Yes. but at the same time at the same time there is a, there's a limit and there's a time maybe to say to say goodbye sometimes even if it hurts.
0: Oh man. Wow. That that one, that one was tough to get out, I could tell. I could tell that was tough to get out. Yeah. I'll agree to a point on that. No, I agree. I agree on that. This
1: is this is a stage where I am at, so that's that's why
0: I was this. Okay, okay, yeah. I, I can tell, I can tell, and I and I and I won't uh, ask anything more about that, at least on the air, but uh, we'll talk after the air. Nikki Kovacs, Yo. thank you so much. She's a MotoGP journalist. She was a rider. I personally think she's a trendsetter, and she's a friend. Nikki Kovacs, thank you so much for your time. I mean, if an. Thank on. you. So-
1: so much for having me. It really,
0: really a pleasure. Oh, it was, the pleasure was all mine. I really mean that. It's, it's going to air MotoGP weekend. It's going to be the greatest weekend of, of our lives. I can't wait for the season to start next week. Thank you again for that. Thank you, Tales from Gemini people, for watching. I appreciate everyone. I appreciate the DMs and, and telling me that you love the show. I thank you. Thank you so much. And like I said about this time, you know the word, pay.